Safe room party out of Cancun, fucking with the Coinbase Pro, got Zcash. Fucking with the Robin Hood out, got a free bag. And I'm on the blockchain, burning on blockchain. Then it's just some octane. Shouldn't at the house game, then I hit the trap spot just get some. All right, what's good? What's good? What's good, family? What's good? What's happening, man? I'm excited for this one. Oh, man. Take two is even better than take one. What's good, Jordan? What's good, Jordan? How you feeling, bro? Yeah, mine I'm fucked up. What's good? What's good? We're live now. Happy to be here. Grateful. It's a beautiful weekend out here in Denver, Colorado. I'm excited, man. Another week. Another podcast. We got a really awesome guest here for you guys as well. Sheesh. My man Sheesh. Johnny Caves out sitting out there by the pool. Let me introduce my man. You know, me and Johnny Caves go way back. This is one of my, like, I can call him one of my best friends in the whole world. Just because of the amount of experiences me and this guy have on our belt, we can go six months a year without talking, but it won't matter. We snap right back in because some of the stuff me and my man have been through, it's been crazy. Like, we went all the way, you know, when you say started from this bottom, now we're here. This is my dude. Like, we started at the freaking bottom. I remember going back. We didn't have enough to eat, bro. Like scraping together five bucks to buy a burrito. <laughs> and bro, to see where he's at now. A man is a DJ and an NFT. So I'm super excited today to like get into that conversation. My guy's a leader out there leading a huge movement of people. A lot of people look up to him. I mean, the amount of success this guy has. Johnny, well, you're 23, 24? 23, man. 23 is in his Michael Jordan year, man. The amount of stuff this guy's been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time and just how much passion and energy he brings to the community and to the space. Like, Johnny, you're an inspiration for me. Obviously, you're my best friend, but dude, like, I look up to you a lot as well for some of the stuff you've been able to achieve. So, freaking excited to have you on here and jump into these NFTs, bro, and pick your brain. Bro, bro. I'm excited, man. Appreciate you. I want to add. I want to add to the to the Johnny um, introduction, man, because it, honestly, it's been some of the most like unique conversations that I've had with Johnny that has completely changed my paradigm. And I was always the person that was the youngest when I, you know, started my jobs and my career. And it's crazy to turn the tables and learn from somebody that's younger, even though like age is nothing but a number, right? But like, dude, you're a, you're a savage, man. Like. You're, you mentor so many people directly and you know it, but you also mentor so many people indirectly, um, which you may know as well too, but there's people that just like, they look up to you, man. So it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on here, bro. I'm, I'm super, super excited for anybody that doesn't know you though, bro. Give us a quick rundown, man. Give us your story. Yeah, bro. Um, well, dude, this space is, is awesome. I'm excited to share it with you guys. Appreciate you for opening the doors. Um, I, my name's Johnny. I'm 23 years old. Essentially I got introduced to crypto and trading and um, network marketing in 2017. That was my first entrepreneurship endeavor. I learned Forex trading through the IM Academy and everything. And that's where I met you guys. And um, it was really cool. Got to see Jordan back in the day, man, back in <laughs> Hilson, you know, all, all the way um, in the beginning of time where we honestly were all lost. We didn't really know where we were going. We're still in self-discovery kind of understanding where it is that we wanted to take our lives and uh everybody had a different um a different path in front of them and it's so funny because all our paths were like completely different some of us were going to be engineers some of us were going to be like forensic accountants and other people were just <laughs> trying to make music and make it make a living out of that and now to see all of us kind of like merge our path and do something uh, and have a common denominator between us is all it's just beautiful um, but I dropped out of school my second year of college, threw away a full ride scholarship. Essentially, I was going to be an engineer, mechanical engineer. Um, that's not really what I wanted to do. 
I just wanted to make a lot of money. And the engineers were like very respected, high profession that I figured I was going to be all right at because I was good at math and science. Uh, but learned about trading through Mike Navarrete. And then I got signed up um, into the academy in 2017. And I just went all in with it, man. I didn't really make any money for like two years. I got my ass beat up and down in the markets. Uh, <laughs> people thought I was a scammer. People thought I was a weirdo. And I just embraced it. And I feel like that was really where my character started to build into this person that really doesn't care about what other people had to say. Because now, looking back, everybody has an opinion. But uh, I learned from my man, Peter Vug, the, the, the creator of the Coalition Crew NFT. He said, take few opinions, man. And that's something that stuck with me ever since you said it. Because if you, if you take everybody's opinion then you're just going to be a reflection of them <laughs> and uh, not, not what you really uh, are meant mm -hmm. to be. So, uh, but fast forward now, man, gotten into crypto and saw life-changing money last year. I mean, insane 23 year old kids are not seeing this type of money, you know, basically entered into the top one percentile, you know, the 99th percentile of, uh, of individuals in my age group. And it was just really intense to see that kind of life-changing income in very short period of time. Uh, it really expanded my mind and rapidly changed the way that I look at the world and finances and money and energy and time and where we really spend our focus. Um, and I just think that the internet and Web3 and NFTs is the next wave. I think we're all very, very early. I think the space is a freaking infant. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're out here becoming the the cutting edge pioneers of this movement and i'm excited to have that conversation dude man Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> we even go from there right it's like 23 year old made it to the one percent on on things that people thought were a scam before isn't yeah. that funny well i've been told that i was in a scam so many times i've i've been in network marketing i've been told i was doing pyramids all day long bro it's it's insane now i don't <laughs> believe that i've made it to the one percent right but i have got to a significant income where it's like well yeah, at this point it's like you really can't call it a scam because you have the proof right you know so it's it's amazing bro and this what is, is going to be a right <laughs> what does scam stand for still cooking at mcdonald's still, still chilling at mom's money. <laughs> yeah it's interesting that the people that necessarily don't make that much money think that the people that are making a bunch of money are scamming other people you know mm -hmm. it's kind of mm -hmm. it's all it's all perspective it's mm -hmm. unaware it, it's yeah not yeah i think i think it's a reflection of the paradigm it's like yo this is groundbreaking mind-boggling so i need to tear you back into my comfort zone because it doesn't make sense for somebody to have that type of income or create that type of lifestyle that fast. So for me to accept you, I need to call you a scammer. Yeah. I think it's Damn. like people don't understand the feasibility of it. It's like, they can't mm -hmm. concept, they can't picture them doing it. They don't understand how you did yeah. it. So mm -hmm. therefore, because I don't understand what you did must be illegitimate because I don't exactly. understand. Exactly. Must be illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, must have scammed somebody. Tim, Tim <laughs> says, Tim says, yeah. scam or be scammed. That's right. That's absolutely right, man. Go get, don't get got, man. It's, 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 <laughs> it's get or get got, you know? <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's like in America, especially like the capitalist where we live in, bro. It's like, that's what I, I enjoy and I love and I'm grateful for where we live is because it, it favors people who go get it versus people mm -hmm. who are just going along with things and waiting for things to happen for them. People that yeah. make stuff happen, 
they get their they get the bread yo there's there's leaders and there's followers you know yeah but johnny i want you to kind of um share which what you're comfortable sharing i know some of the details but how did uh what were what were those plays man how did you make that flip what was that change in your mindset and your strategy that allowed you to just go from like make that jump you know yeah I think the hardest thing was really just making the first like 10 K that was like the hardest leap. I don't know why I could never accumulate money more than like $2,000 for years and years and years. My, my bank account never said more than two grand. And that was just like my cap. My trading account could never get it past like 2,500 bucks was like my biggest balance. And I think it was just a mental barrier. Uh, and stepping into 2020, when COVID hit, I really got creative with the ways that I wanted to make money. And I started looking for new opportunities and looking for different ways. And um, honestly, leveraging my credit, leveraging my, you know, the, the connections I had um, to really just get funds in my hand, get capital in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that I used, I leveraged loans, I leveraged credit, I leveraged my, my, my resources to get capital into my hand to use that money. And really, it was a conviction that people have, you know, one person can really change your, your perspective of something and give you a whole new look. And it, it, Jordan was one of those people for me, but also um, Crypto Picasso being so convictive um, about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And really helping me understand, like, dude, if you're not invested, you're fucking up. Like, <laughs> you're not paying attention. You're living under a rock. You're, you're going to experience the outside view of the biggest shift in, in the world has ever seen when it comes to finances and technology. Instead of seeing it from, it, uh, seeing it from the driver's perspective. So... That's kind of how I started. I bought my first Bitcoin at 13 grand and I thought, and that was the high. I bought my first whole coin at 13 K and I thought that was the high. And I thought that was a, you know, I was, I thought it was a spotty investment. I kept looking into it. You know, when you marry a trade and you're always looking at it, checking at it every single day, I was calling Jordan. I was calling Austin. I was like, bro, what do I do? I got, (laughs) I got all this money invested now. I got a whole Bitcoin. I feel like a badass, but I don't know what it is. Like I'm scared. I'm like nervous. I, you know, and uh watching it go up and down uh it went to about it broke the high i think it went to 22k uh and i started to pull out profits uh, i took out a 40 percent of the bitcoin and i sold it for other altcoins and that was the accumulation the snowball effect um because the ball had started rolling i bought the coin at 13k it went to 22k i made about eight you know eight or nine grand on that and then i took um basically my original investment or my profit essentially and i took it and i diversified into ethereum litecoin um you know xlm cardano all these all these blue chip cryptos at the time that were blue chip names um and i just watched the whole market go in my direction and i watched my portfolio quickly grow from like 20 grand to just about six figures and that's when i realized bro this is insane (laughs) Like we are, we're literally recycling money from one project to another and riding the wave. And, um, I started, uh, to look for new projects and new, new diversifications. And it was actually March 5th, March 5th, uh, 2021. Yeah. Yep. Sounds about right. March 5th, 2021, a year after COVID hit, um, I had already moved to Florida and I was, um, 
and I was moving to Miami and I just got my apartment. And that was the first day that I moved in with my girlfriend. And, um, and I, I remember Mike, Mike, uh, I was, I was having a headache dude. this. It's, I literally can't make this up. It's like a movie. I was having a headache and like, I didn't feel good. Uh, I didn't feel well that day. I was like dizzy. I was having like weird, like, um, head, uh, like, a, like a head problem. And I was like, man, I just need to drink some tea, but I didn't have a freaking pot or a pan in my apartment to make some tea. And so Mike was living uh, 15 floors above me. So I went and I knocked on his door for some tea and he sat me down and talked to me about VRA. And that was mm -hmm. the move that I played. Um, when he told me about it, he's like, dude, you're not leaving my apartment until you buy a thousand dollars worth of this coin. Like, I know you got money. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, like, do you trust me or not? <laughs> I'm like, well, I just want to do my research. And he's like, bro, there's no more research. I showed you the website. I showed you the video. I showed you the mission statement. I'm like, all right, bro, I'll put a thousand in. And the next day it was doubled. And that's when I realized, oh my God, like this dude's not playing. Like we need to get into this uh, heavy. And I started moving some more chips in there. Uh, I started selling out of other projects. Um, and I started moving my chips around and put them in there. And if you look at the chart, you know what happened, you know, <laughs> big freaking boom and a big retracement. <laughs> uh, but that boom, it, it was insane. It was insane to see my portfolio go from where it was at puny, tiny little five figure account, almost six and two. I mean, this, this is being recorded. So not, not financial advice, do your own research, past profits don't guarantee future <laughs> profits. Uh, results are not typical. No, this is not a company. This, this is not a company call, man. You don't have to. There's no disclaimers here. I, know, this I, just, I just love disclaimers. I just <laughs> you love can't disclaimers. sue us. That's all. Yeah, saying. You, you can't. can't sue us. But you know, seeing that go from just about like 80, 90k to like, bro, legit, almost, almost a million dollars, like 900 grand <laughs> was the high that I saw there. <laughs> and a nice I was number. Like, I was like, bro. I'm a fucking millionaire. I'm, I'm waking up every day, like at 7am. I'm like, I'm reading the 5am club. I'm like, dude, what does a millionaire do? Stepping in the shoes of a millionaire, not realizing that I was really, I was blinded by the euphoria of the market and didn't take as much profit as I really should have. And just watch that. Uh, most of those profits kind of just dissipate as the market kind of corrected itself. I did take a lot of profit. I did move into other projects. Um, but essentially, like, what does a 23 year old kid do when he's about to hit a million dollars? Like, I don't know. You'll have to experience it yourself for those people <laughs> listening in. You'll have to see, you'll have to watch it yourself and see those numbers for yourself and really experience that. And that's why I admire people like Yachty, people like um, Jess Yell, people like uh, John Adams and Roberto. These guys, I mean, we watch them come from literally broke nothing. nothing. nothing literally nothing like sleeping behind McDonald's type shit and um, watching them go from having no capital to multi-million dollar unrealized gains and actually pulling the profits out and seeing that happen. But like that mindset, this is what I wanted to kind of, I don't know what the first topic is, but this is one thing that really struck me was like, how does somebody go from like very, very broke to very wealthy and unrealized gains like and see like a million 1.5 to 2.5 like you gotta you gotta hold the whole way like 
You're broke. You, you're coming from zero and you're seeing 200K. Like, how are you not pulling the plug? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're seeing 700K and 900K, a, a million, a million five, and you're holding. Bro, you got to be another level of crazy, insane DJ. Hold <laughs> correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, you have to have one, the conviction to even like make the move to get there. Like you said, that's what you yeah. mentioned when you started it. It's like having the conviction, like, yo, this is like, put your money where your fucking mouth is. And then two, I don't know what you're talking about now is like the euphoria, right? Yeah. Like that, that emotion of like, holy shit, my bag is, I've experienced that. I think we've all experienced it in the last two yeah. years of crypto. Yeah. Where your bags are like, oh, ho, 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 and you get in that mindset of like, it's good. I'm rich. Going, bro. It's going to the moon, baby. Nuts, bro. Hey, man. Yeah, so man. just to give people some perspective, I, I, I kind of have a question and then a follow up question that ties yeah. into some of the things that we've that we've uh, Jordan and I have been talking about the last couple episodes. But um, what over the last 24 months, first of all, I want to shout you out for um you know, 20, I know when I was 23, man, like I wasn't using words like unrealized gains. I didn't mm -hmm. learn what that was until like maybe six months ago, seven months ago. Right. So shout out to you because you're hanging around the right people. You're reading the right context. You're reading the right books. You're, you're, you're educating yourself to like, this is millionaire talk for real. Like mm -hmm. unrealized gains is a corporate term that many people don't even know what the hell it means. So shout out to you for really being really well educated and putting people onto the information that's in your head. Number one, number two, my question is, during the last or in the last 24 months just to give people some perspective what percentage of your income was digital digital yeah like coming from the internet <laughs> bro i'm just about a hundred percent yeah that's what <laughs> i wanted people percent that that's yeah. that's really what i want people to understand is that like you this, this guy does no literal labor I mean, there was like maybe clicking <laughs> buttons on the computer and maybe a couple stretches because your back hurts so much, right? Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's like the, yeah, Jordan's there, Jordan's there, right? It's like the mental, like, uh, it's sweat mentally just like uh, focused, right? And then um, going back to one of the episodes Jordan and I were talking about during this time, right? Since 100% of your income was coming from the internet, how liquid were you in the bank with US dollars when you were at mm. all time highs in mm -hmm. digital income? Mm, that's a really good question um well i've always been this type of person and i i i really uh spread this mindset and i don't know if this is a good or bad thing but people will learn through their own experience um i i can only take people where i've <laughs> i can only take people where i've gone not further i can only yeah. uh explain things from my experience um and my one of my things and one of my i have an addiction <laughs> one of my things is that once I start investing and I see the possibilities, I literally can't stop. So I realized that a lot of the times that I had a lot of money in digital assets, I didn't have much liquidity in U.S. dollars. Uh, I did start to change that, though, um, through different income streams because I, I had like five income streams, at one, uh, like five big income streams and like two smaller ones. So like just about six or seven, which is what it takes to be to, to be an average millionaire, right? But in the crypto space, there's so it's so simple. Like there's so many ways to make money in the crypto space. So you can kind of conjunct them into one. Um, uh, but in crypto, like I was just seeing so much money coming in from my staking rewards, so much money coming in from uh, you know my residual income in my business. Uh, I was I wasn't really actively day trading as much, just because I was like 
dude, there's just so many smarter ways to do this. Why am I going to sit on the charts and day trade up and down <laughs> when I can literally sit and learn about something that's going to make me passive income and take my capital and grow it? Um, so I wasn't really actively day trading as much uh, throughout that time. But when I was at that high, my liquidity in my bank, dude, I legit overdrafted at least four or five times in the last two years yeah, or like in the last year, just in, and that's, what's funny is cause like you sick. Like when I first hit six figures, people were like, Oh, you're a six figure trader. And I was still getting those emails. I was still getting those emails from Bank of America that your bank account is below a hundred dollars. Were you and, at the uh, restaurant eating with six people? Everyone looks at you to fucking put the bill on your tag. And I'm like, <laughs> let me check my card. Cause I don't even know if I can freaking pay this. Um, and so Mike was the one that was like, bro, like reward yourself, like go do something, like pull out 20 K buy yourself a fucking Rolex, go buy yourself an AP, like yourself reward Tesla. yourself. Yeah. So I just went and got myself a Tesla, which wasn't necessarily <laughs> is a liability because I financed it. Cause I'm not stupid. I'm not trying to put 50, 60 grand down right away. I was thinking about it, but I was like, dude, I'll just put like 25 K down and I'll finance the rest and I'll pay it off with crypto gains. Um, but increasing my expenses and my liabilities, honestly, was one of the things that held me back from being able to invest more and having more liquidity instead of having to take, take from my other bags. So that was one thing that I, I really would change, uh, not change because everything's obviously happens for a reason, but the next run, this next run that we're going to experience, and I know it's coming very, very soon, uh, with NFTs and crypto, uh, that's something that I'm going to, uh, position myself in, in a better light is taking profits into usdt and having money in liquid usd as well and put money in the bank um and and um and on your taxes actually claim it claim like gains. you know a lot, a lot of people on their taxes i know tax season just came around if they did their taxes by themselves and they're over here trying to figure out a way to drop that number down if they make good money this year you know the goal is to show that you make some income but not that you make all this you know, right. like you don't want to overpay, but you don't want to under earn because then you run into the problem that some of my mentors have where they make six figures on in, in the bank, but they make $130 a year on paper. Get a motorcycle in your name because you need your brother to co-sign it. So like for me, that's, those are two things that I would do that. And I'm glad you asked that. that those are two things that I would change a little bit uh, in my perspective coming into the next bull run take more money out in USD, take more money on USDT, you know, really secure it. Don't just put it in USDT and then look for another project to swap it. Really just be patient and hold those profits. Take that number at face value on that screen and hold it because the correction is coming and mm -hmm. you're going to have way more ammunition when the market mm -hmm. drops to get a lot bigger bags and a lot bigger positions in the projects you want. So mm -hmm. to answer your question, a long, long story short, I really didn't have much liquid in the bank, but when I did, it was never more than 20 grand. Like I never had more than 20 grand in the bank because I knew complacency would set in. So I always had money in different accounts. I never had more, so much money in different accounts. I would, I would pull out a card out of my wallet and be like, oh shit, I forgot I have two grand on this card. <laughs> I just had so much money everywhere because I didn't want to have it in all one place because I knew looking at that number psychologically, I would get comfortable. Mm. Good question. I think that's to like recap. I almost have a similar journey, but like to recap, it's like you were like a hundred percent in and then you realize not a good idea. Right. Now you're going back to like, Hey, I should secure some stuff portion of that out. What are those, um, what are those 
ballpark figures if you don't mind us like asking yeah. just like are you investing are you reinvesting 50 percent of your income 75 25 yeah. or are you I mean, still like going crazy like 90 percent of yeah i mean right now i'm pretty much uh with nfts i've dived i i had about it was about like 60 40 I had 60% invested in 40% in just like liquid cash assets like USDT or cryptos that were easily like not necessarily stable coins, but cryptos that were easily liquidated, like, you know, good blue chip, like ETH and soul. Like, right. you know, I, I'll always have my secured bags. Like I have a big, you know, a Bitcoin bag and Ethereum and Solana bags, which are like those three bags are just like, dude, those are long-term projects that I'm not really Blue chips. looking to like yeah my, my blue chips those are like my savings accounts like my 401k and mm -hmm. then i have my more aggressive um plays where i take a little bit more capital and move it into smaller cap coins um and that was that number grew into six figures and i was moving six figures around in different smaller cap coins looking for bigger gains and it worked out a lot uh, very very well in the beginning um and slowly just started kind of roping in the, the the line you know pulling back in the the reel um as the market started to correct itself i started to kind of like look for security i'm like okay mm -hmm. well, these, my bags aren't pumping anymore uh we're, we're kind of looking at a correction so let's start looking Definitely. let's start moving funds around back into some safer bets because when bitcoin takes a dive it's it's way cleaner than if your altcoin takes a dive because yeah. your your bitcoin maybe it drops and people are shitting their pants and bitcoin drops like 10 percent. well yeah well when your bitcoin <laughs> drops 10 percent, i would much rather have my bitcoin drop 10 percent than have my altcoin drop 60 or 80 percent um and so that that kind of that's kind of how i played that out now with nfts i have a new addiction <laughs> um, of just accumulating these nfts that are great projects that have great communities um and i realized with nfts what it's really nerve-wracking for people at least for me you start to look at the numbers especially if you're not if income is not coming in and you're working with crypto money that you have your crypto bag i have an app that i use uh the FTX app that I can see all my portfolio, like coins and stuff, but you can't put NFTs on there. I don't think. And so I had a good to, thing. You can't, I know I had to start <laughs> augmenting and changing and, and, and moving things around. And I start realizing like, like my bag is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where, you know, like I, I saw a number on a screen like months ago. And then I look at the bag now and I forget sometimes that I have so many illiquid assets nfts are illiquid it's like owning a house you don't yeah. see the money moving up and down you don't see the value moving up and down you're looking at the floor price that doesn't even show you the depiction of the value of your nft because you're never going to sell your nft at floor price unless you really need liquidity and so i think that uh nfts are really it's a double-edged sword because you can kind of find yourself with no liquidity at mm -hmm. any given time all in on a on a on an nft project that has it's very illiquid assets so that's one thing that i realized now is a lot of the money that i had in crypto is now in an nft project and it's all perceived value which can be very scary and a different type of investment for some people it's another level of aggressive it really oh, it is it's a whole nother level to crypto like you said like i think it's so important to mention the fact that nfts are illiquid like you need 
someone to come buy and choose your NFT, not just like, cause they're not fungible. My NFT is different than your yeah. NFT. So if someone doesn't want my white dude with a beard pixel, like eight bit, then like mm-hmm. no one's going to buy that. Like I'm screwed. So it's yeah. like, it's a way different investment thesis and strategy, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad you brought up the NFTs because that was the main topic I wanted to talk about today was NFTs. Yeah. And not so we... much of like the bags yeah. to flip, but like, why the big picture like a lot of people still look at nfts i think and just see like jpegs why are these freaking monkeys worth (laughs) two million dollars why is this stupid bear worth a 10 g's you know okay bears is going crazy that was bananas that project that was was bananas bro but yeah i want to jump into there i want to start with the big picture like and kind of hear like your why you think (laughs) nfts are the future other than just that the market and the money's there because that's obvious Right. But before we go there at Mono, I think you were going to ask something too. Yeah. I'll back to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask, I, I can ask that at the end though, because I think it'd be a good, a good, like kind of ending question, but just for some people that, that aren't invested, because I know, you know, some of our audience is like in our space and, and then, and then we have people that aren't that just, you know, listen, because yeah. we really bring some value, but um, just in your own words, explain an NFT because people like for us, mm-hmm. it's like second nature now, but people still don't understand what it is. They yeah. just think it's a picture of a monkey and that's it. Like you just buy it yeah. and you can flip it. And like, they think it's like sneakers. Like people genuinely think it's like, yo, let me go on StockX, buy a pair of sneakers and then hope that I can sell it for more later on. And that is part of the game. But just in your words, like mm-hmm. level one NFTs going up to like, yeah, um, back to what Jordan was just asking you. I think um, I can answer both questions at the same time. It takes another level of mindset to really do that. But uh, <laughs> um, what is it? I mean, in my own words, like really, and then what is like NFTs? Where do I see it going besides just the cash grabby uh, aspect to it? Um, one, one thing I realized is that people love to be seen. People love to represent their identity. People love to resonate mm-hmm. with things that they um, identify with, you know, and they love to represent those brands. So the same reason people rock Nike, same re- people, uh, reason people rock Adidas, same reason people mm-hmm. create their own brands and um, watch certain things on Netflix and dress a certain way. People love to uh, portray to the world what it is that they resonate with. Uh, and, that, and that is actually a great way to attract the same people you're looking, you know, that you are, you'll attract those people to you. So um, in the same, in the same light, people like to represent the, what they feel, their emotions, their thoughts through different media outlets, you know? Um, and I think that NFTs is one of those places for people to come express themselves. You don't mm-hmm. buy the NFT that you bought just because it's the, uh, you know, hopefully not just because it's the cheapest one or just because it's part of a great collection. You buy the one in the collection that you resonate with the most at the given price point that you so had chosen or that you got in at uh, and looked at it at. So one thing that I realized is that NFTs is a way for you to express yourself in terms of art. Um, That's one of the reasons why I bought my thug packas and the, the people were like, why the hell are you buying this project? It's not even a blue chip project. It's not even a good project but I don't care. I like the art. Has anybody created a pixel packa like that? No. (laughs) Find another pixel packa on the internet that looks like mine. That's got a freaking Solana hat. That's got a Solana hoodie. That's got a cross eye. It looks dope. Can't find it because my boy's the artist that created it. So, you know, when he designed that, I realized I'm like, man, 
this is this is another level of expression. I sh- I love this art. I feel like it looks great. It's all subjective. People think it looks ugly. I think it looks awesome. So I'm willing to pay more money naturally for something that I like. Uh, same thing in that aspect of like, what is an NFT? You're not just buying the art. Yes, the art is the emotion. I love I love NFTs because it's a great mixture of emotion and logic, right? Um, it's like uh, it's like the um, the personality traits. Like you've got the impulsive emotional person and then you've got the stoic logical person and they both go hand in hand with nfts because the picture appeals to your emotions right the actual art piece appeals to your emotion but the token id behind that art piece is the logical part of the nft and so that's kind of how i see it you're buying this art piece but you're getting access private access because of the token id that you currently own in the in the collection and so one thing I realized in NFTs, and this is why I think NFTs will continue to, to, to work and people will continue to spend money on it. I mean, the average income for people is, 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 is the average person doesn't even have a thousand dollars in their bank account, mm-hmm. but the average NFT in the Ethereum network is more than a thousand dollars. So it's really catering to people that have money and appeal to their emotions. Um, and one thing I realized is people love to recognition. How can I flex without flexing? How can I show you that I'm something without sounding like a total egotistical piece of shit? How can I explain to you that I'm well-connected, that I'm an entrepreneur, that I'm successful without having to screenshot my bags and show you my accounts and do all this, show you my tax returns. How can I say these things in a subliminal way? And NFT is a great way to be like ape because now people associate ape with success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you have a board ape, you're freaking rich because if I look at the perceived value of the asset you own, it's no less than $450,000. <laughs> so if I'm looking at that perceived value, I don't have 450, let's say I don't have $450,000. So now I assume you are more credible than I am. And that gives you influence over me. And that gives you hierarchy inside of the internet that has never been seen before. So that's one thing that I'm realizing is now we're creating this hierarchy of people uh, within the internet through these JPEGs, (laughs) Um, which is amazing. So I think that aspect of NFTs is going to continue flourishing. People will love, always love to flex and purchase things that show their value and show their bags without saying much. Um, and, and that's just, that's just how I take it. What do you guys think? Dude, sheesh, you just like, bro, you fried, like my brain just went boom. You probably saw my face when you said that, like the, 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 the hierarchy within the internet, which hasn't existed or never had a way to actually order that. Right. And that's what a blockchain is in my opinion. It's, it's something that creates digital order. That's huge for, I mean, governments, banking, social institutions, like the applications of blockchain are obviously are freaking mind blowing. Um, but then, yeah, like seeing, being in the space and being obsessed with this technology for so long and seeing NFTs come to where they're at today. Like I personally sat in the science for a long time. I recently just entered 8-bit. I, I freaking, I, I finally aped, I finally aped. I jumped into 8-bit. I bought a few of those looking to buy some more. Um, but I, I, it finally clicked to me after talking to you, actually, Johnny, in where were we? We were in Palm Beach last month, you know, and it, like seeing the stuff that you do, I was watching the sidelines and 
it finally clicked to me like the whole idea of being able to digitally represent yourself brand yourself be associated with people and then have like I don't know, for me, it made sense on the outside. But now that I'm in, now that I put the investment in, I put a five-figure investment into NFTs, it makes so much more sense now because it's like, now I'm financially incentivized to be a part of this, to motivate this, to grow this. Like, and everybody else that's in there with me also put their bag. And we're all in this bag together type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like the way we can conduct and make business and grow things and raise capital and create ideas and actually produce things with the collaboration with NFTs has never been available before. Like, unless you're in a traditional company with, you know, LLC, S Corp, you know, you have all that types of way of fundraising. That was the old way of doing business. Now, if you wanted to create a business, you had a good idea. You had to go through those traditional means of raising capital, organizing your structure, like paying employees, right? And that has its limitations. But now there's this entire new way of creating and like creating organizations of people to do awesome things through NFTs. And it's like that NFT is like, It's like your membership. It's your access Mm -hmm. to the people, to the founders, to the club, to what it's doing, to what this brand represents. And dude, it's that that social hierarchy thing because that's a huge, huge huge thing. Humans have always organized themselves into hierarchies. Always. Mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson talks about this. There's always going to be natural leaders that merge. You know, and I really do think I, I get shit all the time. I told some coworkers that I bought that, that I made that investment. They're like, you did what? And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> one day all I told him, I'm saying one day all of you guys will have NFTs. All of you will own NFTs, yeah. you'll use NFTs in some way. I really believe that every single person will become an everyday thing for every people. And it's like people doing it now are just ahead mm-hmm. of the curve. But mm-hmm. kind of um, I don't know if you had a, any follow-up on that, Mondo, but I kind of want to hear what you where you think, like what can you imagine that future as with NFTs and more as more and more people get into the space, make that investment, you know, pick a collection, pick a brand mm-hmm. to be behind. What do you see that future yeah. world? Like, how do you see that? Yeah. How do you see that turning um, out? Well, Mono, did you have anything to say on that uh, topic, on that aspect? No, man, I'm, I'm like Zach Hogan. I'm just sitting on the sidelines right now. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm no, for real. Like, I'm learning because I'm, I'm not heavily invested into NFTs. You know, I haven't made a five-figure investment into NFTs. I got a Thugpaka. You know, I got a few more here and there. But it's not like, um, I'm not, because I just, I, I, I started taking more interest in physical assets, right? And so there's a difference between physical assets and digital assets, which are both illiquid. Um, I just, you know, perspective, but no, that's why I'm over here just, just listening, man, because I've had these conversations, but there hasn't been that one thing that hits home for me, like that spark that Jordan just talked about that he just had, right? He's just like, boom, we finally had it. And now that's why to me, I'm just like, Give me more, give me more, yeah. more of a reason to do that. Sure. Because going back to your story, right, real quick, it's like, I've been to the point where I have um, very small amounts of liquid capital because I've been all in and I, now I made that shift that you made, right. Of keeping more money in the bank Yeah. later down the road. And so now it's like, I'm being very careful with where I put it, you know, with where I allocate it, because I know that I've missed out on opportunities because I didn't have liquid capital. And mm-hmm. so now, I'm, now I'm on that stage as well. Um, and I haven't, I haven't done that. You got to buy an 8-bit. I guess, let, let me see if I can, um, let me see if I can, uh, well, I, I wanted to kind of share a new perspective and hopefully this kind of resonates with you and you kind of understand. One of the biggest groundbreaking um, discoveries that I made was network marketing. When I got into yeah. network marketing, I understood the business model. I didn't understand it at first, 
But I understood the business model after a little bit of like, this is the next wave because you're decentralizing the business to the point where the people are the reason that the company grows or falls, Mm -hmm. not the corporation, not the team behind it, not the developers behind it. And it's the people. And for me, NFTs are creating a new segue. This is the best thing since network marketing. (laughs) This is the best business model since network marketing. That's a bold statement. Yes. And I'm going to explain why. When you have an NFT, when you have a network marketing model, this is one thing that I, uh, Jason Brown and Mike were talking about this. He, they were talking about uh, how eventually I am Academy could essentially switch from being a subscription based service to an NFT based service where you buy in the Academy. (laughs) When you're done with the Academy, you sell that NFT to somebody who sees that value. And what I realized is NFTs is making this business model not obsolete, but it's creating a competition because why would somebody come in and pay a monthly subscription when they could buy the physical, the digital asset ownership rights to this academy's intellectual property and sell it when they're done and sell it when they're done. And that's what I realized if I were to, you know, let's say that I were to exit IM Academy, I wouldn't be able to sell my membership. Somebody would come in and buy the face value of 185 a month but they wouldn't be able to buy my membership. And I give them that opportunity. So for me, as an investor in the Twitter space, what I've noticed, people are out here promoting word of mouth marketing. This is the craziest craze. People are promoting this more than any business marketing campaign you could pay for. No billboard, Mm -hmm. no advertising, no Mm -hmm. word of mouth, no influencer, because one person on the internet, one influencer on the internet can only do so much. But when you have a group of 10,000 raging fanatics promoting these bears, I mean, you're seeing this bear go from $150 in one day to the next day being $20,000. It's insane. So you're seeing a combination of all these people take all of their hard-earned money that they use to pay for, to buy into this brand. And they're coming to their senses. Oh my God, if I want this brand to grow, what do I have to do? I need to promote it. So you, the ball is in your court now, and it's never been more in your court because the, the, the compensation for your work is now exponential. Exactly. It's, it's the ownership, bro. Like you're incentivized. You are a part yeah. of that. You are an owner. You're a co-owner. There's only 10,000 pieces means there's a max of 10,000 owners. You know, in exactly. that traditional business, you didn't get a piece of the pie. You know, that's why I think a lot of us, a lot of people may listen to this podcast, network marketing, if you've never explored it, like that's a business model where the more work and the more production you produce in the company, the more the piece of the pie you get, you know, with Mm -hmm. the NFT idea with IM, like, dude, imagine your account is an NFT and based on what status your account is, is how much passive income you get from it. That's your staking reward. That's That's your staking reward, bro. It, Dude, that was a, yeah, I'll talk about that idea more. That That was was it, Johnny. That was it, man. That was it. That was what I was looking for. (laughs) <laughs> i love that man I Dude, love but i've never heard it put i've never heard it put in that way and it makes so much sense because i know i know andrew talks so so big about it too i've heard you i've heard kevin talk about this it's like the community the strength behind the community is what makes mm-hmm. a project thrive and um yes. it's just well put the way that you just put it you know you understand that like this is being promoted far more than any other 
anything yet Mm -hmm. and it's making a big impact because you know owning an ape doesn't just mean that you own an ape that means you're part of now a circle of people like Mm -hmm. eminem like um Mm -hmm. you know other big celebrities and it's like that same thing if you're part of you know you got a thug pocket you go to the pocket party you know it's like it's that community that that makes the big and the, the the fact that you just said it's subscriptions right i think that you know, made me think of Netflix, right? Netflix is losing 100,000, 200,000 customers in the first quarter or something like that, right? Stock completely crashed. What if Netflix, same idea, right? So what if Netflix made NFT subscription and NFT and now mm-hmm. you can't share passwords because you have to have mm-hmm. access, right? Mm-hmm. Some way or another, Now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, next year, but like down the road, just like Jordan said, eventually everybody's going to have an NFT. Yeah. That's, and, that's, um, Major And like looking into the real world aspect of it as well, like you were saying, like, dude, this is it, it, it's so early that it's insane. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much this is going to get adopted. But one thing I can say, Kevin was looking at the statistics on this on this uh, cool website he showed me um, and he was looking at the ownership of these NFTs and how many people in that that own the NFT rock the PFP. So how many people that bought into the collection and own this NFT, how many people actually put their NFT as their profile picture on social media and specifically on Twitter? Because that's where Web3 really is. Elon Musk is a fucking genius for buying Twitter and not buying another fucking social media platform. I think that this social media platform is another, that they've already had the infrastructure for Web3 and, and, and this recognition because they have the hexagon thing. That hexagon thing is very, very important because it proves that you own that NFT and it shows that you're not Fugazi, Fugazi, fairy dust, right? (laughs) It shows that, you know, like that, that the community is aware this is an official collection that you own this. And the other thing was that the more people that rock the PFP, that is marketing right there. That is screen real estate. Mm -hmm. That is location for your brand. So the more people coming into the brand that are buying that project and rocking the PFP, people are going to ask, what the hell is that? Why is everybody changing their, oh my God, everybody's changing their PFPs to this. Yes, exactly. You don't even know who I am from the, 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 you don't even know my doxed face from Mm -hmm. my profile picture anymore. You only see my NFT because that's what I want you to see. Because the second you click on it, you've officially bought into my brand (laughs) and you're officially looking on the inside. That's Isn't that insane too? How like, cause I mean, we're all in the space and we all market online, you know, like Instagram, how many people make fake accounts of us all the time. Right. How many, like all that, like legitimacy of internet marketing. It's like, you don't know if this person's posting lifestyle pictures that are even theirs. Is that even them? Isn't mm-hmm. it funny and ironic how the solution to like verifying somebody is a, like a pixeled profile picture. And then you can check their wallet <laughs> and see it's worth what 50 G's or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like, no, you don't need to put more review. You just like making a representing yourself digitally and having that verification that way. Like that's so huge. And none of the other social platforms have that. That's a big point. Yeah. And that's, and that's one thing that I think is going to continue forward. And that's why the NFT space is exploding. It's not because NFTs make more money. It's not because NFTs are the bear market in crypto. That's not what it is. What it is, is that the, the way that they promote, it's incentivizing mm-hmm. even the newest holder. Even the dude at the bottom of the chain to go out there and promote his PFP. Why? Because the money he invested is important to him or her. The money that they invested is important to them. 
and they want to go ahead and promote the brand and show, hey, I'm part of this community. Hey, guys, follow me. If you have the same PFP as me, yo, we're in the same community. We rock the same brand. Hey, it's like, yo, you rock Adidas hoodie? Bro, I got that hoodie at home, man. You're my friend now. Yo, you're rocking the same sports jersey as me? I love that team. Dude. Bro, and now it's like sports, bro. And don't even get me the sports because don't even get like, me started, bro. <laughs> the the D gods, the D gods are a representation of what's possible with NFTs. Uh, Ice Cube created this 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 three v three basketball league, mm-hmm. right? Called the Big Three, and him and his business partner had this idea, and they sold out their first game. Uh, 15,000 tickets sold, 15,000 people, 15,000 butts in those seats watching a 3v3 unofficial NBA game, essentially. And um, these are all former NBA players. Yep. And now those teams, because they're not the NBA, the NBA has a lot of logistics and, you know, people behind it. It's so it's still corporate. It's still very business, white man ownership. We own it. You, you buy our stock, you the buy rights, our, you, you know, but like we don't give a, we don't care what you say. <laughs> you can buy our stock. You can put a hundred million dollars into our team. We don't care. We're the owners. So coming into this league, they've tokenized the ownership of the team. So now it's not just an owner of the team. Oh, I own the jets. Like, like Gary, he wants to go own the New York jets, right? He wants to own this team. Well, that's great. If one person comes in, right. The fat cat comes and buys the team. But now you're having a raging community, pre-existing community, bringing their energy into the ownership of the team. That's going to bring a whole level of morale into sports. The team is going, the owners of the team, the team that owns the team. It's that's that's going to be a whole new thing, like whole new level. You're going going from 30 owners to essentially and possibly infinite amount of ownership. Yeah. You know, and I think the two cultures mesh so well. Like when I first got into NFTs, I, I'm in like deep in Top Shot, NFL All Day, MLB Candy. Like I went to a lot of sports NFTs before I got into like profile picture NFTs. But yeah. the merge for me when I realized, bro, because think of how passionate people are about their sports team. Like, bro, like they, Crazy. when they finally win, they'll flip over cars. They'll like shit out. Fired. The bro. World Series. Chicago, <laughs> yeah. Bro, and so yeah. people are so passionate about this brand, this team, and it's like, like you said, like that that sort of unity too, as well as like I'm a Cubs fan. If I see another Cubs fan walking around with the Cubs, I'm like, yo, nice hat, bro. It's like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. It's like instant connection. <laughs> it's like that culture already exists within sports, and they're not incentivized for any reason other than just ego. Mm-hmm. Like my mm-hmm. team's the best. We're the mm-hmm. champs. They don't like, make money go, off it. How hard do they go? How much money do they spend on tickets? How much money do they spend on going to the games? How much money do they spend on the jerseys? How much money do they spend the on tattoos, all the body the, paint, the apparel, <laughs> everything, bro? How much money and energy and time of their life do they go into this brand and this sports team? And then now you introduce NFTs, and there's much, like yeah. the potential you can own part of this sports team. I'm bro. The Bulls issued out some like um, they issued out their '90s rings. A while ago, like a year ago, they like minted at like 500 bucks. I think they're like five grand right now. They made 91 of the 91 rings, 92 of the 92 rings, 93 of the 93 rings, like 95 of the 90. Like they made each one. So there's six rings and they made less than 100 of each one. So there's like 500 some of these rings. That's it. Like the Chicago Bulls officially issued. I know other sports franchises franchises are issuing their own NFTs. I know there's platforms yeah. like um, like the platforms I'm used to, like Top Shot, NFL All Day, that are making like trading cards with it. 
But dude, like wow. that is a one niche within NFTs that I think will pick up and light on fire because the two are so compatible. Like people right now in NFTs that are in whatever NFT don't realize all these sports fans are the same as them just into a, another thing. And when the two merge, when they have that full, like, what's the word called? When adoption happens, when the full adoption happens between sports and NFTs, bro, I think that community and that niche has the potential to moon the most just because of how passionate people already are about those brands and those teams. Imagine the issue freaking, oh my God, like the Packers example are a great example. And I think that's where I just thought of is like, would that actually happen? Would sports teams actually relinquish their own ownership rights? I think there'll be a fight, but the Packers, if you didn't know, are the only sports team in the pros, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, that aren't owned by a single owner. They have like a, a trust, like you can buy stock in the Packers and you can buy partial ownership of that. So I think if there's any franchise, I'd be the first one to like tokenize that and be a damn Green Bay Packers. <laughs> damn, would you buy some? Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Are you kidding me, bro? I would eat, dude. I would eat, man. Like the second, dude, that's what I'm saying. I'm a huge sports fan. You know, and like I said, like I think these communities merge so well just because of the, similar interests and the similar mentalities when it comes to sign like a freaking like i bleed this brand like this brand or die and if you're on the exactly. other exactly and know, like even, even think about this too like if the team sells in the future that yeah. money goes to the dow of the nft group or of the you know Dude, the denver broncos goes- are for sale and there is actually a dow that is like in the process i don't think they're gonna win but yeah Dude. damn <laughs> The space is insane, man. There's there's never ending opportunity, and I think it's so important. Like like you said, Johnny. Like we're so early. We're still in like this like beta phase of testing adoption and like what it's really gonna work and how it's gonna work. And people are really starting to get used to it. And man, I, it's it's exciting, man. You guys are be fired up. Like you know, I want to go buy some NFTs now for real. Like I know that it's I a big space. I, I, and I no, I'm not gonna buy some eight bits. Maybe maybe <laughs> if, if I can find one that looks like me that isn't going to cost me like 50 grand, then, you know, we'll talk. But I think it's so important, man. Like people need to realize that like, it's such a, it could be such a minimal investment, you know, with Solana, you could buy an NFT for 20, 30 bucks. Like I bought, I bought a Thugpaka for, I think like $23, man. And it's like, you know, at floor price one, one time got like to six, seven Solana, like dude, 700, 800 bucks. Like it's, it's insanity. And you could do that with so many different projects. Um, okay. Bears was like a good one. So I have more of a technical question now, man. So like, obviously people, you got people hype, man. People are listening. Like I'm hyped apart from, um, being part of your circle, right. And in, in your environment, like, how do you recommend somebody does research? I know you talked, I know both of you guys talked a lot about Twitter. Twitter is a big space, but outside of that, how do you prevent from like investing into projects that really aren't anything that are just hype that are really just like, like rug pulls and, um, and then Jordan, I kind of want to get into some security um, real quick before before we dive into anything else. But like, how, how does somebody get maybe not started, if you understand, but how does somebody evolve past like just buying one, you know, past like, OK, now I have a Solana NFT. How do you upgrade to like big boy NFTs? I remember Mike said this um, at an event in Chicago, like BV NFTs was like everybody's first introduction. That's like entry level uh, NFTs. You could buy some for six bucks, you know, potentially make 100, 200 bucks on it. And then Solana NFTs is like mid tier. And then there's Big Daddy <laughs> NFTs, which is like uh, OpenSea or what was only OpenSea NFTs. Um, but how do you scale up to that point, Johnny? What's your biggest piece of advice uh, to that? Yeah, bro. Um, I just plugged in the phone because it was dying. But uh, 
one thing I kind of noticed, I mean, it just because the NFT is more expensive doesn't mean it's better. Um, also, just because the brand has popped off doesn't mean it's stay there. It really does come down to the community, the Discord and Twitter engagement. That is really the importance, the branding, the branding of the community. Because if the community doesn't resonate with the brand, the, the brand will eventually fall off. And that's, we've seen that happen in multiple projects. One thing that I've realized is creating these brands is more important than having the best ecosystem, than having the best tokenomics, than having the best, et cetera. Because a brand is very important. Being the first has been important up until now, but now it's being the best brand. How can you engage, keep your community engaged? And one thing, one thing I've noticed, a really good brand will have a few things. First of all, a great like logo, slogan, way to promote it. The Bears did this amazing job at being okay, <laughs> right? Creating this brand of, hey, everything's going to be okay. They created the bear market. The bear market is this space, this safe space for people when the market goes down and we're in a bearish market and people are losing money, hey, this is a safe space for you to come and be okay. okay. Because some people get yeah. depressed when that happens. When money is being lost, people get depressed. People don't know what to do. They feel alone. They're, a lot of these people are, you know, behind the computers. When I lose money. Yeah, some people, some people get upset. And that's why it happens because excitement comes in and then depression. And that's one thing that Bob Proctor taught me. Don't mm -hmm. be excited when good things happen. Be yeah. enthusiastic. Because enthusiasm can transcend emotion. Enthusiasm can transcend uh, scenarios and situations. If you're in a positive situation, you could be enthusiastic. If you're in a negative situation, you could be enthusiastic. But if you're in a negative situation, it's hard to be excited. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, one thing that's really important is branding. And that's Bro, this OK Bears project really changed my mind. If you would have asked me that question, what makes a good project? What makes what what, what determines a rug? What you know? What what helps you keep your money safe, essentially, uh, and be secure? If you would ask me this literally forty eight hours ago, a week ago, I would have gave you a completely different answer. But with this space, is so rapidly adapting, it's so rapidly changing. The bears that just dropped, they flipped every single project except mm -hmm. for one in terms of volume in less than a week. They flipped D gods. They flip dragons, they flip tile, they flip thugbirds, they flip all these blue chip projects. They flip them in terms of volume in literally three days. So if that's not showing us that the time is changing, I don't know what else will. The brand is important. The brand is essential. The buying into the brand and representing it and seeing all these other people, the influencers coming in and changing their PFP to this new project, the excitement, the wave, that's the lifeline of the community. That's the lifeline of the project. If, if you have great art, there's some artists out there that drop NFTs and one of one art. It's great art. Amazing art. Better than all these fucking shitty ass PFPs and pixel art. Way better. But it has no traction. Right. No community. No branding. It's just great art, which is fine. But it's not going to go crazy on Twitter. It's not going to go viral. It's not going to go and do a groundbreaking numbers it's not going to do that what's going to do that is the brand and the in the livelihood of the of the community and then to, the rugs is really when you know how to avoid a rug 
and it gets different every time because rugs are getting smarter and smarter. But one thing that you can look for is just botted engagement, fake followers, you know, mm. people, you know, red flags in the ownership, look for the owners. Hey, if they're rug, if they're rug pullers and they, they have a, a track record of, of, of just pulling the plug or projects didn't really do well in the past, then maybe not. But also don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Sometimes a, a, a developer from a, a, a not a good project can change mm-hmm. and be part of a good team. And we've cool. seen that too. Like uh, a developer that helped a rug do their thing is now on a good project and they change. You we know, talked about that last week with second chances. Yeah, I'm down to give people second chances. But how do you, um, following up on that, man, like how do you, how do you determine what's your, what things are you looking for in terms of sustainability versus like traction? Like, okay, so one thing, a project taking off, getting traction, obviously, okay, Bears has an insane amount of traction. But the question in my mind and so many others is, will they be able to maintain that traction? Mm-hmm. Will, will that, uh, will that, obviously the floor prices are going to come down. We study markets all the time. Markets grow, they expand, they come back, yeah. they consolidate, they reaccumulate, expand, do that cycle over and over. So not so asking about the price, but more about like, what are things to look at in terms of keeping community in how an NFT project can keep community engagement? How can keep that ball rolling? What are those types of things that you look um, for for projects I to think sustain? It, I, I love that question. I think it really comes down to just a rollout, a rollout of, of new, of announcements, having things set up, having things in place to roll out um, one after the other, continuously putting out new content, continuously having a campaign going, um, new exciting things. If people are bored, they're selling, they're listening. They're leave. Yeah. yeah. If people are not seeing this in this dude, in, in, especially in Solana, but in NFTs in general, a week is a year. Yeah. A week is a year. If it Definitely took a week loyal. to get an announcement, it's over. That's why I love Solana so much. Out like over oh, almost over Ethereum is because a lot of the people that come in from Ethereum, they keep saying this, bro. We wait weeks for announcements. Solana gives three announcements every day. There's what, do you announcements think that's, about do you think announcements. There's good and bad in that though, because like there is. There is. How I mean, how long can you sustain putting out three announcements a day? Like, what are you like yeah. working on? You know what I mean? Like, well, how the, are you gonna do that the next, yeah. the next three years? Or like, but the thing is that the thing is that in Ethereum, the transactions, the the prices of things, the fees, are people are not unlisting and relisting and unlisting and relisting and changing their mind. They're buying into brands and they're holding them for long term because they paid good money. They the, the the transaction fees are are expensive. For you to unlist and relist, it's gonna cost right. like bucks. Yeah. For you to change your mind twice, you're already down two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so you can't be changing your mind in Solana. If you look at the freaking transaction history, you can see any NFT. You click on a project, you can see listing canceled, listing relisted, mm-hmm. offer offer canceled, lift. Dude, for you to for you to cancel an offer on Ethereum, fifty bucks. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think there's dude. pros and cons to both sides, though. You know, because yeah. Like, Coming from where I'm coming from, I, I'm more conservative in the space. Like I, I, mm-hmm. the 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 movement of Solana intimidates me. I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah. fast, bro. Like and it's it really moves, like you said, and people like attention. Capital isn't loyal. Capital is here one week. Something changes. It all goes somewhere else for a whole. Like yeah. I'm like okay, to <laughs> me, I like the fact I do like what you were saying about ETH that it is expensive. That people are looking to make a move and to stick with that move and not change that move. And it's more about right. long-term investing. So I guess it just depends on your style of investing and trading, what you're looking to get out of. I, th- I do see the upside yeah. in terms of Solana versus the cost of entry is a lot lower. 
Um, but I think there's pros and cons to each side, which is like, you know, the people like the expensive Ethereum chain, like you said, people ain't fucking around on there. Just yeah. like delisting, listing, making moves, yeah. flipping, like they're invested, so to yeah. say. Um, I think that's a very pl- uh, a big uh, green check for Ethereum. I think that's a really good sign is that the, some of these projects, not all these projects, not all the projects, but like CryptoPunks, you can't even buy a CryptoPunk right now. You can't. Yeah, there's exactly. nothing listed on. There's none for sale. Buy now. Yeah. It doesn't no, have a floor because there's no buy no now. You price. can. You have to auction somebody and they have to accept it. That there's yeah. none listed for sale. There's OTC like, trades that happen all the time. Right. Now. Right. You but can buy like, one on OTC and make an offer and somebody accepts it, or you mm-hmm. can use a third party uh, exchange. But, but that's insane to me. That project has like their their bids an offer on the market is so low. Like there are none for sale. Like you can't get one unless you know someone that has one. Exactly. Like, dude. <laughs> and that's how exclusive these things are gonna get. Right. Um, especially with these new projects. And that's I that makes me more bullish on 8 bit. Because uh, dude, let me I gotta show this shit. First PFP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chill your bag later <laughs> but, <laughs> but um i uh w- one thing one thing that i really like about um just nfts in general is, is that the speed the speed of things like if you're not updating your community consistently your community is going to get bored and leave i've seen it happen in a lot of projects that i'm in like oh no announcement for two days dude i'm dumping i'm listening <laughs> what the hell Crazy, like bro. bro and and i one thing i i like about <laughs> One thing, one leg up of that Solana, in my opinion, has over Ethereum is that a majority of people uh, don't have that. Like we talked about, a majority of people in the world don't have more than $1,000 in their bank account. So for somebody to go mint a project on Ethereum, dude, I've seen three ETH mints. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is nine grand. What was like, Moonbirds? Wasn't Moonbirds like five ETH? Moonbirds was like three or, yeah, 2.5, three. Like yeah, that's big hit. money. And and it's going to attract the people with big money. And that's great. Big whales come in and pump other big whales bags. That is great. But coming into the average person, that's why I position myself in Solana the way that I did. The fact that I'm on a project as a, I'm officially co-founder of the Packers now, like Congrats, I'm getting into the space. I'm learning. I've got blue chip NFTs. I'm networking. That's what I recommend people to do. If you're coming into the space, start flipping some freaking NFTs, start grinding for whitelist. Start trying to, if once you get your bag up, you don't need to, in Solana, you don't need to have so much money. You can go and get in the Discord and grind for a whitelist spot and you get a discounted price and you get this NFT cheaper than everybody freaking got it and it's guaranteed you're going to get one and flip it on the secondary market for 10x, 20x and then go buy another project and, and get in Expand on that. Expand on the networking with an NFT space because people are, one, don't know shit about this, don't know what a whitelist is, yeah. don't know what a Discord is. But yeah, kind of yeah. break down because I think this is the most crucial part of it all. The whole space yeah. is like networking. I've learned a lot from you guys. I got a lot of MI- yeah. intel from my mentors in the academy, Jordan Morgan. But please break down for people like the bare basics of like joining an NFT community, networking, working your way up and then yeah. getting access to those more exclusive things. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So I would say everybody starts off as a holder, right? I mean, you can start off as a non-holder, but it's going to be harder for you. But Buying into a community is the first way to show that that you can be trusted and that you can that you know that you're part you're on board with the mission of the of the brand. So if you want to get, let's say that you're looking to get into this big project and you want to get uh, into their inner circle, right, and talk to the devs and learn. Maybe you want to build your own project, but you're looking for developers and people that can help you. Well, buy into a community that 
is engaging, network with the people on Twitter, build your following base. People naturally do same thing. Why people buy fake followers. They want to look like they got more engagement. They want to have that social currency. So go out there and do giveaways, partner with people, network, get, get into a discord with people that are better talking, talk to the first person that talks to you, network with them, ask them their story, get in the DM, start talking with them, get their WhatsApp, get their Instagram, connect off, off the grid, off of the Twitter space. And that's what I've been doing. I've been is networking with people, naturally doing what I normally do. And I'm meeting developers. I'm meeting people that funded projects. I'm meeting whales. I'm meeting people that got the experience to design brands. I've got a meeting scheduled with this lady who depicted the five things that the branding of OK Bears did great. She's a brand expert. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to reach out to her. And I set up a meeting with her this week. I think tomorrow I've got a meeting with her. Uh, and I'm just going to do a Zoom call. And I'm going to ask her her story and network with her and learn what the hell does this girl know that she can help me. Maybe she can be part of my team for my next project. Mm -hmm. Maybe she can help design a brand. So you never know. I mean, Web3 developers, do I know anything about coding? Zero. I don't know anything about coding, but there's people that study this stuff for years and they know everything about the Solana coding, everything about the, the shortcuts and the, the this and that, how to do a Discord bot, how to do this. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. They know how to do that those things. So if you network and you find the right people and you've got the right PFP, this is where the PFP comes in. If you can get a blue chip NFT and you can rock that PFP, people are going to naturally be like, dude, this dude is more trustworthy. I, I, I Oh my God, this D guy mm -hmm. is talking to me. Oh my, this crypto punk is talking to me. Dude, this, this ape, dude, it's the highlight of their day. Dude, this <laughs> dude with big money is talking to me right now. My mm -hmm. DMs. Oh my God, I'm going to catch a big break. Hey, so much for, so much for gold chains, man. Yeah, yeah. Fuck the gold chain, man. <laughs> I took my gold chain off and I put my freaking PFP up. <laughs> board ape up there, Johnny. You got any? <laughs> uh, I don't have any board apes. I was I was in the process of getting a mutant, but I decided to go with the quirkies. Um, quirkies. So I got yeah, I got four quirkies now, which yeah. is awesome. Those. I was looking yeah. at those. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think quirkies not to show my own bag, but I think quirkies is a great brand. A lot of uh, another life, another uh, what is it called? Another um. You got any eight bits? I, I do. I have two. Uh, oh. Another another thing that I like about communities that you can tell is like really good is when partnerships, of course, but also when big projects are are talking about it. Like if a board yeah. ape is coming into your Discord, yeah, you've got a board ape in your Discord. You've got a board ape on your Twitter yeah. re reposting your stuff. That's a big sign. Because they know how other board apes. And they know people with big freaking bags that can come and sweep the floor because that's what that's where the big movement happens. It's not when somebody comes and buys one NFT. It's when somebody comes and buys 10 off the floor. That's when the price shifts and people go, oh, my God, it's pumping. And it could be one or two or three <laughs> people with big bags. And that sparks momentum in the volume. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, dude, that's what uh, JB, JPEG Poppy, that's what they've been doing with the quirkies. They got all these bored apes, that's hexagon strange. bored apes. And they got so many quirkies. They got so many board apes. People coming in that have five, six, seven board apes. Dude, coming in and sweeping the quirkies. You're talking people with multi-million dollar portfolios, $10 million, $12 million portfolios coming and sweeping your project. Follow the and money, they're retweeting right? your thing. And they got 20,000 followers on Twitter and they're all big bag motherfuckers. They're coming to pump your bag. That's, what, like, that's what's so dope about the blockchain though. Is like you can literally follow the money. Like I was, I don't, I've just recently spent like 
hours and hours and hours and hours on OpenSea looking at, I'm, I'm an 8-bit, haven't figured it out, right? And like, I'll click <laughs> on the 8-bits, see who owned them. I'm like, found Jason Brown's. I'm like, oh, Jason Brown's got an 8-bit. I was looking at Matt Rosa. He's got a couple 8-bits. You can see, oh, this dude's got like 38-bits. This guy's got a bunch of 8-bits. You click on Twitter, they mention all the different people. Gary Vee's got six 8-bits. Dave Aoki's got some 8-bits. Like a bunch of board yep. apes have 8-bits. The guy who created Moonbirds has 8-bits. Like, this I is, don't have I one. got my shilling. I got my shilling. Oh, so. Mondo said you don't got one. So what do we got to do? Jordan, let's Mondo. show this man. Mondo. Do you <laughs> want, do you want it? Do you want it? I ain't, I'm doing it unsolicited. Even though do I, I want it? Do I want to join the popularity contest? Let's go. <laughs> Let me, do you want, do you want the shill? Do you want the 30 second? Bro, it's like freaking 1500 bucks right now. The floor dropped. Dude, it's it's a good entry right now. And bro, this oh, 8-bit was started in 2010 by a dude named Addison. My man Addison's plugged to the Wazoo. We're talking about connections in the space. Like the dude is in the groundbreaking of a lot of internet companies like Web2. He was one of the core developers of Web2. Like the internet space is actually pretty small when you get into Twitter and you realize all these people that started all these companies, the owner of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, all these people. Like there's the common people that everyone knows. But once you start getting into that, that second layer of people that nobody knows that you haven't heard of, that are actually super influential in the space of how the internet is today. And those people start putting their names behind projects. That was the thing that got me into 8-Bit to wrap it up. He said, the guy asked him, he's like, why would someone invest in this? And Addison said, don't believe me, check my trophies. And Addison has a huge, huge track record. Gary Vee is excited. Like, yeah, I, the billboard happened for 8-Bit last weekend. Uh, like Gary Vee, Stevie Elke, everyone bought in. Yeah. And then now prices are dropped since then. But yeah, dude, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 ETH. Uh, dude, these are great entries, man. For sure. And some dude, of these dudes look so goofy. It's just ridiculous. they do. I, uh, this is the original, bro. This is, this the, is the original profile movie. picture on the uh -huh. internet. They started this in 2010. The project kind of died out. Punk. But like crypto punks, people actually minted these um eight bits. There's like 60 of them, 50, 60 of them that got minted on Namecoin's blockchain in 2014. So these are the, this is the new collection, but the original 8-bit collection was legitimately the first ever profile picture minted on a blockchain. And like, some people still have them. And like, punks were inspired by these. Like, that's the big story. And as long as that story sticks, like, dude. These are going to be the next big project for... Yes. Because it's just, people love the nostalgia. People love the, the history. Yeah. History. See, listen, bro, listen, listen, man. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just going to be this guy, man, because I'm probably not the only one, but like, bro... It's like 1500 bucks for like Do this it. fucking thing, dude. It's like, it, I understand. <laughs> like, listen, and, and here, listen, I understand everything that we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes and I get it. And I get that it's an asset, but it's like, some people just aren't able to justify paying 1500, 2000, $3,000 for a fucking pixelated picture. You know, it, it, it's like they would much rather. And this is, this is just, this is just a uh, devil's advocate on You're everything welcome. that we've been talking Very about. Very welcome. Here. But it's like, dude, like, look at this fucking thing. I can't even buy one that looks like me, bro. They didn't make Mexican ones, man. They only made black ones. They only made, they made white people. They, they kind of made some brown seconds, folks, bro. you know, but like none of these guys look like me. And it's like, maybe I could keep scrolling, but to spend like, you know, yeah. half an ETH, you know, for, for. Well, this is how I see it. My, my boy's a real estate guy, right? So let's, let's understand it like this. You've got. How many in this collection? Eight, eight, that uh, one's eight, sick. eight. This one is eight. sick. Yeah, eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight. That's a legendary yeah. one. So one. eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight pieces of property within this collection. It's like mm -hmm. if there was eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight, you know, franchises of this hotel, and you own one, and that's it. There's Thank no more. Right. 
And so I think that's what it really comes down to. It's like, you're buying the property. You're buying the, the, the right. I'm buying something that really stood out to me. That was something that you said, Johnny, that really stood out to me. I wrote it down. You said screen real estate. That's, that's sexy. That that's attractive because it makes sense. I understand real estate. Right. And so I don't understand JPEGs. I don't understand blockchain (laughs) to a full extent. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I understand like, yo, you own a house and this is your land and it's yours. There's only a finite amount of planet earth. And so when you own a piece of the planet, you are essentially in a good position. Same thing here, you know? Um, So that, that makes, that makes sense. It, It justifies spending you know, X amount for a profile picture. My two big things with bits, the historical fact that they're first, people Mm -hmm. go nuts over that. It's a historical project. It was the first. That will always be. The more profile pictures they make, the more this one becomes valid because it was the first. And then second, I'm buying into Addison, bro, the founder, right? The more spaces I get on, the more I hear him talk, the more I hear other people talk about him. This dude is legit. Like, I believe, I'm investing in that guy. Like, I'll give that guy my money. Like yeah. take all my money. Dude, I haven't been on a Twitter space for a bit. I haven't been on a Twitter space for a bit, but I have been on a Twitter space for Quirkies and Twitter space for D gods. This guys week with Gary V. I think it'll it could it actually actually cause the price to go through another cycle again, push it up to a new floor, and then we're do the whole thing over, pull back, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Gary V is about to do a space with eight bit. So. Ten eighth floor, man. And now minimum. Be a- that's my first exit. Yeah, that's my first exit too. That's yeah. why I got more than one. All right, um, I'm gonna drop a stack right now. I'm, I'm about to go buy. <laughs> he's like, let's he's so one, bro. Let's go. I'm about to. I'm on the like point three. There's one in here. Point three, point three eight. That's a decent one. It doesn't look like on the me, floor. I think those are offers. those are offers. I think those are offers. Because yeah. I would say the floor. I don't I think, think that's like... actually the buy now. There's a little filter that says buy now. If you click it, it'll filter out all the offers and it'll give you straight the ones that you can buy now. You can put an offer on these guys and maybe <laughs> they take it. Mano, if I were you. And like with floors right now, I've been watching the market a lot. Like if you can get a rare, it's based on the background. The, like the, the normal commons have no, nothing, just plain background. The epics have the sparkles. The legendaries have like the dark blue or purple. Um, and then the rares have the shadow. So if you see one with the shadow, like the shadow behind their head in the background, those are rares. Um, those right. I would, I would go for one of those. Cause like, I feel like right now we're at the price when you go look at. This um, guy's shadow. Yeah. That's a rare one right there. Yeah. It's a shadow. Um, like I was, I've been looking at the the recent orders and watching people just like people that bought it for two years dump them for like 0.6 or like, so like, like those are the ones I'm going after, bro, because like don't know what they don't know what they got. They don't understand. They got the first ever profile picture ever. They yeah, we saw it at two weeks. They thought it'd be at 10 ETH, like the bears in a week or whatever. Like that's yeah. a legendary right there. This one. Um, and those, dude, if you look at the legendary collections, you can actually go to their website and see all of them if you want. The legendaries are based off of like real people. Like, um, mm. there's a there's a Rick, eight bit. There's a Jesus, eight bit. There's a Michael Jackson, eight bit. There's like famous oh, people like have like they made eight bits over them. Like little one on ones, basically. Kind exactly. Of. I mean, they're all one of ones, but like, oh yeah, you got the freaking. What if Michael? What if one of those influencers comes in and wants theirs, and you he have wants it. the one that you have? Yeah, the one that you have it like, looks you like got, him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, let me go on their website. Let me actually. I'll, let me grab the screen. That's actually one of, one of the things that I was looking at when I was buying mine. I got this girl that she's got orange hair and an orange shirt or dress, and she's got a matching outfit, and that's one thing that I wanted because. If people look at them, she stands out because she's matching. Her mm-hmm. hair matches her dress, and her face is blank and it has nothing on it, but doesn't matter. <laughs> she doesn't even have a smile on her face; just brick. 
Do you mind? Want to grab? Want to give me a host real quick so I can scream my blockhead? Yeah. So, so if uh, if it doesn't say by now, I got to make an offer on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Um, I would just recommend just buying one straight out. But if you put an offer, you'll have to wait for it, and somebody might scoop the other cheaper ones. Michael Myers, who's this? Oh yeah. Um, Catwoman. I didn't even know that. This is freaking Morty. No shit. Oh yeah, dude. Where the bodies? They put the bodies on the website. Yeah, on the website. These are all the legendaries. Legendaries, like, dude, if you see a legendary, here's what's his name. Who's this guy? Uh oh, I know who. I know that is. Yeah, you know who it is. Jason, right there. Here's another beetle. Jason. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, (laughs) Luigi. No way, bro. Yeah, dude. that one's gonna go for a stupid amount, bro. Dude, these are legendaries. Mario. Oh, dude, like, Dad Punk oh. right there, man. Yeah, oh, bro. <laughs> Johnny Bravo. These are the legendaries. So these bro. are actually like the highest, highest ones. Um, these are not even listed. Probably people are not no. selling. I was talking to some guy who's got the Homer one, and I was dude, like, "Yeah, <laughs> you got the Homer Simpson eight bit." And bro, yeah, like I said, wow. like Jordan Morgan, like if these, if the story sticks, where like people are still like. They recognize 8-Bits as the OG PFP, like the first. Like if that story sticks and that's the belief that behind this project, that's the big thing. Go look at the top projects. I mean, Bored Apes, Punks. Like you can't buy Punks. Why do people value Punks? They're the first. You can't even buy any of those. So if this sticks on that project for this entry, yeah, like dude. If. Like if, right, of course. Every investment, there's risk. Yeah, everything has an if to it. I, mean, I think I, yeah. it will though. This is what I like doing. I like going and looking right for the rate, like the epics right away. Cause I've seen some epics sell for like right around one ETH. I've been looking, dude. Look, yeah, there's an epic right there, one point one three. What the hell? Yeah, like epics. Bro, are, there's a lot of good we, epics right now. Actually, this is this dude's pretty dope. But yeah, epics dude, are rare. Like, see if there's any those legendaries are, or. Those are getting on my phone, man. I gotta go buy some more Ethereum. <laughs> yeah, bro. Get that legendary. dude with the, with the 2D yeah. glasses. The cheapest legendary is 6 ETH. So, Sheesh. yeah, no. yeah 9.9. 9. Obviously, there's – I think that's Chef from South Park. Oh, my like God. That's there's Marge. Marge. These are 17 ETH for that – for that um, Daphne yep. from Scooby-Doo. 24 ETH for that brown blockhead. Here's Freddy from Scooby-Doo. 80 Here's – this girl's from Futurama. Bought it for five. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. That's all the legendaries that are for sale right now. Two Beatles. That's what I, I don't know the Beatles, but I know. Yeah, Beatles. I don't know either. Two hundred ETH. So um, there's that two. And those guys bought it for one. One, two, three, five. four, what five, is- six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's five hundred. That's half a million dollars, man. For a Dude, there's only twenty legendaries for sale in the whole like twenty. That's it for a legendary. Well, yeah, I mean, I I'm I've been just, the rares are the ones that I'm like I I entered a couple times earlier in the week. Um. I've been sniping. I've been looking at the market. I got some ETH on, ready to buy one of these rares under an ETH. And Moki, I want to get an Epic around an ETH because, like, uh, the Epics for one point one ain't bad. Dude, not at all. And then you go look at the traits, right? Um, based on the traits, they're actually going to be offering perks, um, based on the different traits that you have. Um, they're going to be offering in in real life perks, IRL perks for different traits that you nice. have. That's like this project too. Like, they really believe in the fact of like. If you go to their website, um, they are a big uh, proponent of like, they don't want to promise too much. 
like they're under promise over deliver is what they're thinking yeah. so like the perks the gallery the shop like literally there's nothing their builder their loot there's not a lot that they have on the roadmap because like they've seen other projects like what's the other one john i know you know these ones i think it was yeah. moonbirds or azuki the azuki ones yeah azukis are cool they haven't but done they, shit they haven't done they anything in terms of roadmap and they're like way up there the akutars i think are the ones you're talking about murakami like so they've realized like yeah less is more when it comes to a roadmap um and like creating that hype yeah, and stuff and like i said like is. yeah 0.53 man you look at like bro look at all these other projects man. these are these are the ogs these are the ones you literally cannot buy there's buy now look at there's none <laughs> <laughs> there's none that's so, like wild, people go crazy for these if you can look at, let's look at the last sales, like what the last one was bought for two hours ago. Someone bought one for 75 ETH. <laughs> these are all the ones bought today. So, I mean, you can't, and like, like I said, the people go crazy for these because they are the first. And so what happens when the whole market learns that these were actually inspired by 8-Bit? And 8-Bit was before Damn. Yeah. Damn, boys. All right. I think that, dude, That's it. today was a good one. Yeah, we, we we got deep in the sauce, man. We got deep in there. I'm over here looking at <laughs> Mondo about to jump in. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I think that's the purpose, though, man. Johnny, bro, I can't thank you enough for coming on through, bro. Like this is very, very, very valuable for me, bro. I took notes. I learned, man. I'm. <laughs> Chances are, if you see a new profile picture <laughs> in the next, you know, 12 hours, you know where it came from. But if you don't, that's how influential this this is. You guys didn't sell me. Sell be sold, baby. But I appreciate you, bro. Much, much love for being on here, bro. Give give the audience, bro, a way to, to follow you, bro. How, how do people stay in touch with you? Yeah, man. Follow me on Twitter, Johnny Cave Soul. Um, I'll be on there just growing my following base, networking with people. Instagram, Johnny Caves. You know, I got a hell of fake accounts on Instagrams. I've been kind of moving away from uh, getting to Twitter a little bit more. I've been more on Twitter than I have been on Instagram. I really like Twitter now. I never really liked it. I really cared for it. Now Twitter's where it's at. Twitter's where it's at when it comes for to crypto. Web3. So follow yep. me there, Johnny Cave Soul. And bro, like, let's just stay connected, man. Follow me on, on anything and DM me. I mean, if you're listening and you got a question, you, you, you listen to this. I love those messages I get. Bro, I listen to your podcast. Like, the way that you said this, like, you know, wow, the, the conversation you guys had really opened my mind. Bro, those are the best. Those are, that's what makes me want to come back and do it again. And so if you're listening and you, and you can, you can shoot one of us three a message and let us know your, your biggest breakthrough, post it, post it, you know, let us know, man. And, um, other than that, bro, that's it. Where can they follow you guys, man? You guys on Twitter too? Yeah, man. I'm uh, my Twitter, my Twitter is, we are all NFTs. Let's go. That's, that's my Twitter. <laughs> I need a new profile picture, bro. So I can join the gang. You got that PFP <laughs> now. You got to go get that. Dude, and those twitters those twitter spaces dude that's gotta shout out that real quick out of this i've never learned so much in like the last two weeks and i have on twitter spaces bro you literally yeah. get you know like a zoom basically like this you're just listening you get to be in there with the people who create these things that are talking about these yeah. things what's going on like yeah twitter's where it's at for sure right now and you can come on on speakers too if you request they put you up on speaker and you can actually ask questions too and yeah. that's where i've gained a lot of my following i just request speaker sometimes they don't put me up sometimes they put me up and I just say, what's up, man? You know, introduce myself, ask a question, or I put in some input on what they were talking about. And you get like 50, dude, I got like 70 followers just off one thing that I said that everybody was like, dude, that was fire. Oh my God. I got like 75 followers right then and there. So you guys can really grow your following organically that way. Just being Johnny, on Twitter. 
What's your profile picture right now on Twitter? What What are you repping? Uh, you the repping D the God. Thug? The D God. The D God, yeah. The D guys. Yeah, I goes. Yeah, yeah I'm a I, I, rock, I rock my PFP in different places. My Instagram one is always going to be the uh, the PACA. Bye. And then my Twitter one, just to get in different circles and network, I'm rocking the D God. Same thing with other people. I've seen them, if they own an ape, they rock the ape when they're trying to, you know, Flight. network. And then <laughs> when they're when they're done networking and they're trying to be part of the community again, then they just swap it to the quirky. It's, it's so <laughs> cool, dude. Like you're on the internet and it's basically like like the metaphor, like you're about to pull out your house, like you're going out into the world. Should I take the Rari today? Should I take the Jeep? Except on the internet, you're like, should I roll out with the board ape with the quirky? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Well, boys, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Thank you, man. I love this. I love this vibe. I think people are going to go back and listen in and get some, a lot of value if they stick to the end. Um, And man, Maybe, maybe we give a, maybe on the next one, we give away an NFT. Who knows? Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. go. All right, guys. I appreciate you. Much love. Appreciate you, Johnny. Thanks for coming through. Jordan, once again, I'll catch you next week, bro. Always, man. Peace. Peace.